I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day-to-day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness for 9 to Fires podcast. Today I am joined by a very, very special guest, Mr. Ollie Jowett. If I said your second name correctly there. Perfectly. Perfect. There we go, Ollie. How are you doing today, mate? Mate, I am perfect. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm doing well. Um, just before we move on to things and get into today's topics, um, for anyone who's listening, if you screenshot the podcast or leave a review and send me over, I'll set you up with a completely free coaching call. Don't forget that. Also, for anyone who would like a copy of a complete, or who would like a completely free custom meal plan, there's a link in the show notes that it will be in the description down below if you're watching YouTube. So get yourself that. Absolutely nothing to lose. Um, but apart from that, let's move on. So, Ollie, what's been happening today, mate? How's your week been so far? Um, can I break it down for us? Yes, so my whole, you know, philosophy is on time. Um, what day is it today? It's Wednesday, so it's all about being efficient and yeah. effective with time because, well, if you're not being efficient with time, then you're wasting it. So, yes, just trying to be as productive as possible because it makes me feel positively good. So Yeah, 100%. Now, Ollie's got a very, very inspiring story that we're going to get into in just a second, and... He touched a nerve, which just what I normally ask the guests to send up like a voice note about their story and things before. And he touched the nerve that, that I kind of harp on quite a lot. And it's about the, the, the being conscious of time and the, the, the mortality and things like that. So, and making the most of your time. Obviously, you are all busy nine to fivers, you're working hard, making the most out of your time and maximizing it. It's probably something we're going to touch on quite a bit today and something I'd like to get into. Um, Ollie, firstly, just just for anyone listening who, who's not familiar with you and your story, do you want to tell us a bit more about you, how you get into training, what the, what your, the general story around it, your brain injury and things like that? Can I, can I go from there, mate? Awesome. Well, first of all, thanks for saying that my story is inspiring. Yeah, um, yeah. What I'm trying to do is use my story to inspire people. So to hear oh. that is always so so rewarding. But um, for those that don't know, you know, so my sort of story goes back really to when I was like 16, which is when I got into the fitness industry myself after developing a love and passion for lifting weights. At school, I was the shy uh, kid in the classroom, you know, very, very introverted, kept myself to myself, hate being picked in the PE team. Um, and I hated that. I hated that la- you know, uh, lacking in confidence and I hated what that did to my personality. So the gym was very much an escapism for me, but one which turned into 
uh, a passion playground in that I absolutely love lifting weights. I felt amazing and I watched my confidence grow. So suddenly, you know, in these social situations, I'm actually more of a social butterfly because of the confidence that training gave me. Um, not even just from a body perspective, but just from a social perspective. I felt so much better about myself. And that's very much how I got into the fitness industry. But a transformation happened quite early on. So, you know, I, was, I got into the industry when I was 16. And then by the time I was 18, I was working with clients one-to-one -one on the gym floor. And the transformation that occurred was a passion for actually helping others. I got into the industry selfishly for my own love for training, for working on my physique. But that then actually transpired into helping others. Because you know yourself, Andrew, you know, when you help someone lose 50 pounds, you feel on top of the world because you haven't just helped them lose who was better than you doing it yourself? Like, see, see, when a, see when a client gets a life changing transformation or they feedback that how good their week's been and things, see, to me, it's, it feels better than you know, me, me seeing the results myself. It honestly does. You know, and it just just what it does to somebody's life. You know, I you know live with the fact that like everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. And my philosophy as a personal trainer, as a coach, is to be the best hour of their day because you don't know what's going on in their day. They might have had the you know the the worst day at work. They might have just fallen out of their partner. They you know everyone goes for everything. So if you can try and be a positive hour out of their day, then that that's something to to do well. Um, but you know, I reached, so I'm from Cornwall in England, but I reached the ceiling. And, you know, if you're not growing in life, then you're actually kind of dying. So I knew then that I needed to progress. I needed to level up. And if anyone's been to Cornwall, listen to this, then you'll know that it's very much the sun, the sea, the laid back life, not necessarily the career business development that I was certainly striving for. So I made the jump to, you know, apply for a number of different gyms and an opportunity came up in Belfast and Northern Ireland. Um, I had no contacts here and I knew no one here. I actually had very little money to my name as well. So it was a big risk, but um, as Rob Moore says, if you risk nothing, then you risk everything. So I jumped with it, I moved to Belfast, one-way ticket, and it turned out to be the best decision I ever made um, for my confidence, for my business, for my health. Um, which which comes in. So I moved to Belfast in about it's April 2017, and then. What age were you then, Charlie, when you moved? Twenty. Twenty. Bold, bold, fair play to you. But you know, nothing to lose, everything to gain at the end of the day. So that was April 2017. So fast forward to September 2017, and my life took a, a, a turn for the worse. Um, you know, I was living my life as as we do, you know. Um, but one day, well, on September the 29th, 2017, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. So I was 21 at this point, um, and I'd just been told by the consultant that I have five years to live. Now, this was scary. This was shocking. Like, you know, like I'm 21, right? You know, you don't expect to hear this. I was just doing my best that I could, you know, as we all are. And I've just been given this bombshell that I literally had this ticking time bomb, which is the best analogy to describe it, in my head. Um, so I was shocked and I was scared to say the least. Um, but the, the God's honest truth is even in that moment, I knew I had a decision because more people die the, the day they hear that they have cancer than from cancer itself. Really? For, well, that's, that's my outlook on it. Because here's the thing, right? We're, we're this candle, right? We're this candle. We're loving life. We're living life, right? And if I said to you today, Andrew, Andrew, you have cancer your world will come crashing down. It would be like someone, that consultant, 
blowing the candle of life away from you. And, and, and that's why my philosophy is, yeah, more people die the day they get diagnosed with cancer than from cancer itself. So yes, it's a metaphorical statistic, but it's a philosophy of, it's essentially, it's me saying you can't do something and then you believe you can't do it. And it was the same with regards to my health. So I was like, I have a decision to make here. I can either listen to my consultant and die in five years time, or I can quite literally fight for my life. And even at 21, I had that mindset largely because for the last five years, I've been working with people's mindsets. Um, so that was actually, you know, two and a half years ago. Um, and that brings us to where we are today. And I'm very proud to say that I'm in a stronger position in my health. I haven't got the all clear, but I'm the healthiest that I've been in three years. And I have the utmost confidence that it is a looming scan to one day say that, Ollie, you have the all clear. And why is that? Why is that? Because I've been relentless in the last two and a half years to not be beaten by adversity and to use adversity as my opportunity. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure if you know, but like, one of the first, so March 2018, so this is just a few months after my diagnosis, you know, I thought, what can I do? So I started fundraising for cancer charities and just to, trying to bring as much awareness as possible. And today I've raised over 20,000 pounds, which is just, you know, which is just insane. But like, it's just, it's just turned that switch from negative to positive, negative to positive in any area. When life throws at us an obstacle, it's our responsibility to either get deflated or actually use that to our advantage. And I can guarantee, you know, we've only known each other for a short while, Andrew, but I can yeah. guarantee you face shit in your life. But the reason why you're standing here today is because you've cho chosen to not be defeated by that shit. And that is, you know, struggle is strength at the end of the day. So everyone listening to this podcast, like if you're battling something at the moment, or if you have battled something in the past, that pain is your purpose and that struggle is your strength. So, in a nutshell, <laughs> that, that brings us where we are today. You're speaking my language, Ollie, honestly. And, and the, the mindset thing is just how you frame it. You know, we, we live in such a, a world where, you know, people moan it to get stuck, stuck in traffic or, like, people like, moaning about people, like, moaning of their coffee, their $6 Starbucks coffees, cold and stuff, like, and then you're you're getting told that, and the day you're getting told that, you're just doing mindset of this won't stop me. That is absolutely incredible, mate. Like unbelievable to hear. Absolutely brilliant. Thanks, man. You know, it's just like you know, essentially take for example weight loss. You know, so we would both work predominantly with clients. You know, trying to help them lose weight, trying to change their life, right? And it's the same sort of level of thinking. It doesn't have to be, you know, a terminal illness that they're, they're battling against. But when, when they say, oh, you know, Andrew, I can't lose weight or, you know, I'm struggling to lose weight or, you know, I haven't got any motivation. It's about flicking that switch. Yeah. Everything is a perspective in life. Everything is a perspective. You know, so, so, you so true. So true. I, I, and, and again, this is one of the things that you, you, you wouldn't have been on the mastermind at the time, but... It was a couple, it was only maybe a few weeks ago and Natalie was talking on my personal development call and um, she was talking about, you know, people having stressed out days or, you know, going through, like, freaking out because they may, maybe weren't in clients or things or whatever, or whatever's going wrong in your life. But at the end of the day, it's perspective, like, nothing major happened today. Like, yeah. it's it's all good. What did it, what went wrong? How did it improve? You know, maybe the scale didn't go up. Maybe still the scale didn't drop this week. Maybe it even went up 
maybe you had a complete blowout, you fell off your diet. So what? Goodbye to it the next day, you know, tomorrow's a fresh start, you know, and just keeping that positive mindset perspective is it's something that, you know, two years ago, three years ago, I would never have considered I was that person like um you know, getting frustrated at anything, everything, shouting, you know, getting angry at stuff, whatever. I wasn't getting horrendous with it, but, like, just be now in a place where the, to have that self-awareness. Self-awareness. That just, be, you, you, like, it's good. You know, it's like, no, nothing's, nothing's going to, the world's not ending here, you know, um, and just taking that mindset forward and anything you do, any challenges, it's, it's, it's great to hear from yourself. All these behaviors, similar, similar thoughts, process it. Yes, mate, one hundred percent agree. Good stuff, good stuff. So, kind of, what did what did your kind of training and nutrition look like after that, um, after that diagnosis and things? How did you manage to get your head switched around and get back to it? What was that kind of initial motivation, that drive to get yourself just back into it? How did you flip the switch as you as, as you said there earlier? Yeah, that's great. So, a little bit of context. So, with regards to the brain tumor. Essentially, I was told there's nothing they can do because the, the tumor was inoperable given the location of where it is in the brain. And um, so that rule of like surgery and, and chemo wasn't an option because of, of my age. But um, essentially, what that, so like I'm in a position where they're telling me, Ollie, we can't do anything and we're not going to do anything. So I'm like, well, hold on. Like I need to do something. Yeah. So largely was my diet. So I did a ton of research. I became just an expert in studying the brain. And um, I learned about diet and I learned about the ketogenic diet in particular. So, you know, the ketogenic diet, some people will be familiar with, and a lot of people now use it for weight loss and fat loss purposes. Um, and for some people that does work, but my sole purpose was for health reasons. Yeah. And there is extensive science and research to suggest that the ketogenic diet can help with brain tumors. So I was like, well, hold on. I've got nothing to lose here. Only everything to gain by following the ketogenic diet. And that was two and a half years ago that I went on the ketogenic diet and two and a half years later, I'm still on it today. Um, and I, if I'm honest, probably accredit the health condition improvement today to the ketogenic diet. I very much believe that paired with fasting has arguably saved my life, which I know is a profound statement, but you can't argue with science and whether it's weight loss, whether it's health, science is science at the end of the day. Now with regards to the training, that was a different story. Um, in terms of like, so a little bit of context. Now, I was aware that I was feeling quite unwell, which is how I led to the diagnosis of the brain tumor. Um, and how that was making me feel, for example, was I was experiencing headaches every single day for about an eight month period. And obviously, you know, the healthcare system is a little bit slow. Don't get me wrong, I'm grateful for it to be free, um, but it's a little bit slow. And that's why it took so long to get the diagnosis. But anyway, this was having an impact on my training. The headaches, I was getting nausea, and I was getting dizziness, and all of this was affecting me to train. So, you know, with all of these challenges and essentially arguably excuses not to train, I was like, hold on. In my position, I'm probably not meant to be training. I'm should probably meant to be resting and recovering. So I made the decision to, I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna do a photo shoot, right? I'm gonna get in the best shape of my life because if I can do this, and this is my manager, if I can get in the best shape of my life whilst battling cancer, then what's your excuse? So I booked a photo shoot, worked with an online coach, um, had never done a photo shoot before, I've never been in that good of shape before, 
Um, and for the next three months, I dieted down. It was the most horrendous experience in my life, largely because of how ill I felt, adding to the fact that my consultant thought I was stupid for doing it and advised me not to go ahead with it. But I wanted to prove that actually we are just the excuses that we tell ourselves. I'm too tired. I'm not going to go to the gym. I have no motivation. I'm going to eat crap. I, you know, like these are just the excuses that we literally tell ourselves. So it's like, if I can do this, I'm going to actually inspire people. So I did it. I documented everything I did in an ebook and um, I did it. You know, I did those photos and what came out of that was I actually landed in muscle fitness, which was an absolute genuine dream come true. Reading that every you know week as a kid to actually being featured in it was just, you know, you can't even describe how, you know, how it's one of my proudest accomplishments. But, you know, what I wanted to do from that was actually just use a negative and turn it into a positive. And actually, I hope that it did inspire a few people to stop making excuses. You're fucking inspiring me as we, as we talk here, Ollie. Like, obviously, we just kind of, new, kind of newly introduced each other, but the more I'm hearing, the more I'm listening, you know, the more, the more, the more I'm loving you, mate. Honestly, that's, that is absolutely incredible to hear. Um, so how did you kind of, what was the, what's been the kind of, you know, to, to get through that period of the photo shoot, what was, what was some of the kind of mental strategies or tactics, you know, if you like, that you used on those tougher training days, but you maybe weren't feeling as good and things like that? How did you drive and, and use, use whatever tools you had available to dr- keep driving forward, keep pushing forward, despite being told, you know, advised against it and things like that? What were some of the things that you'd done to get you through those tough days? So first and foremost, and this is the backbone to coaching practice, is having accountability. I worked with a coach, and if I didn't have a coach, I hold my hand up and I say I would not have made it to the end. Fact. There's, there's no two ways about it, right? I wanted to give up on countless occasions, and every time I wanted to give up, my coach told me to wise up and get back on it. Um, so first and foremost, that's that. So what could I do in that situation? Because my coach was literally not going to let me give up. Well, the reality is you can only put one foot in front of the other, right? And essentially just get through the day. So I was like psychologically working out, right? Okay, it's only 12 weeks. So if I just get through today, then I've only got, you know, another eight weeks left and six days. And then, you know, you count it down and it's a psychological battle. But I just thought, Ollie, just get through today. Despite the challenge, despite the difficulty, if I can just get through today, then I'm one day closer yeah. to that finish line. I'm one day closer to doing that photo shoot. So I think that played a big part of it because this is a psychological game as much as a physical one. 100%. Um, <laughs> and I think to add to that, I think it's just having a purpose. You know, I want to lose weight. Isn't It's quite weak, right? Yeah, very, but very I want... I want to lose weight because I've never had the body confidence. I want to lose weight to inspire people. I want to lose weight to save my life. Like having a purpose is is the backbone to a successful journey, where it's the the purpose to build a business and inspire, where it's the purpose to lose weight and get in the best shape of your life. Without a purpose, you just have a goal, right? You you just have a goal. So I think accountability, you know, the psychology of it and having a purpose were the three fundamentals to getting through it, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. Like, I always I always try and ask that, you know, is even just someone to sign it when they're signing on to one of my programs or something like that, or anyone who's just looking to lose weight, I talk about it in my stories or videos, whatever, you know. Like, you don't just want to lose weight. 
You don't want to just build muscle. You want to lose weight for a reason. What is that reason, you know? Ask yourself three, three, four, five, six times, why, why, why? Why is it you want to lose weight? I want to lose weight because I've no confidence. Why are you no confidence? Because I despise the way I look. I'm a bit self-conscious. It's been going on too long. Um, but, you know, maybe not, you know, getting attention from my partner or something like that. Whatever it is, once you understand those situations, for me, it was like bullying, being skinny, being skinny and things like that. So that's kind of where I started from. And, you know, being able to push through that and using that as your motivation, your drive, you circle back to that any time it gets tough. And you're touching something amazing there, just getting through the day. So I'm actually now just two weeks out from my own photo shoot, my first ever. So I'm getting to a stage where things are tough. But, like, if you you just framed it really well for me, one day at a time. You know, just okay. one, one day at a time. You can get through today, like tomorrow's a fresh start. And that's something that even I think I could have been doing with today here. And, um, today's probably been my hardest day for it. Um, just energy level wise and things like that but just getting through today I think it's going to be that goal for me you know is it your first photo shoot yes mate yes first ever but here's the thing right you know like I I can't tell you how like proud I was that day when you stand in front of the camera because that is you know three months of self-discipline to show up every single day to not give up when the going gets tough, to juggle everything from your work, you know, business, relationships, and diet as well. Like, you know, it, it's one of the most incredible journeys to go on and every single person should do it because you learn so much about yourself in the, in the process. You learn the discipline that you have. You learn the mindset that you have. Um, and it actually makes you stronger out of it as well because think of it, right? If you can go three months dieting to get in very good shape, that's that's willpower right yeah. and that willpower can translate into other areas of your life and actually aid you for those reasons so it you know it's not just about losing weight it's about you know what you're gaining from it essentially yeah 100 percent, mate you're so true you know what i mean like if you can get through anything on you know a thousand calories a day continue to do what you're doing you know <laughs> you, you take that and you learn from it and the, the days ahead are going to be easier you know um but obviously that, that story incredible, you know, everything you just framed there, some really incredible takeaways for anyone who's listening, for me as well, you know, but let's get into a bit more kind of training nutrition philosophies, if you don't mind, you know, um, just see what you kind of, let's have a conversation on it. So what's your kind of training like just now and things like that in your own life? Um, let's kind of start there. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm training with the big man, Wade, at the moment. Uh, he's got me on a program. Um, so Wade is obviously my online coach at the moment, for those that don't know. Um, and actually, I made that decision just literally in the last couple of weeks because, so I did my photo shoot 2018, and then I actually just coasted for the year of 2019. Uh, like, I hold my hand up. Like, I didn't really make progress. I just sort of went through the motions, turned up to the gym, ate my diet and I just didn't really make any progress. And you know, I was doing a lot of reflecting at the start of the year, planning goals ahead for the, you know, for the 2020, the new year, the new decade. And like one which came to light was actually like I need the accountability, I need the guidance from a coach myself, even though, even though I am a coach, yeah. to to progress. And it's this, you know, we only know what we know, right? And whether you're looking to grow your business, you know, uh, build your physique, whatever it is, we all need mentors above us with more experience, with more knowledge to actually take us to where we want to be. 
and I'm very happy to admit that I don't you know, know all the answers, I don't know everything. So my current training program um, follows a push, pull and legs. Um, I'm enjoying it, it's not what I'm used to. My sort of training would usually be a whole body um, and that's what I'd probably enjoy the most, just choosing a few compound exercises, some isolation, core conditioning, um, and integrating that into a whole body workout. Um, but this is what's good, you know, it's, that's what I would ordinarily do, and that's what I did for a year. Yeah. But already working with Wade, it's, he's, he's thrown a spanner in the works and put me on a program I don't know about. So, yeah. 100%. And what, what, how many times a week were you training that full body when you were doing it? Yeah, so I have a, a personal rule of a minimum three times. So on a good week, I'll say four times, but as a minimum, um, no less than three. And that's actually more for mental purposes than actual physical. Yeah. It's something, it's something I actually was going to, now Wade's coaching me also for, <laughs> for anyone listening, um, to be again in the same mastermind things as you've heard many guests on before. Um, but I, w- I really did, did fancy training full body five times per week that's a conversation i'm going to have on completion of the shoot and things like that um what have you found are the kind of contrast and differences between the two so far i know it's probably only very early days for you but what have you found the, the kind of difference between the push pull legs approach and the the full body multiple times per week well i can tell you this already i am so much sore um, the, the DOMs have been real yes, <laughs> since yes. starting the program because logically, whereas before I'm, you know, maybe doing, uh, two, you know, one to two exercises per muscle group. Now I'm doing a whole session on the whole muscle group. So it's a lot more, uh, you know, volume on say back. So it, I've just been sore every single day this week, which I love and I've actually missed, but, uh, equally, you know, when you're trying to, you know, perform a squat to a client and you can't squat because your legs are that sore. It's uh, kind of rough, yeah. <laughs> of course, mate. Of course, I can imagine. Um, and what what are some of the the kind of so you obviously um, you, you mentioned that you were on a kind of keto diet and things like that. Do you mind telling anyone who's listening? So for those who are not aware, ketogenic is very high fat, high, you know, kind of moderate protein diet. Do you mind giving a brief summary of what the ketogenic diet is? Firstly, for anyone who's listening who's not familiar, some of the benefits you've found and kind of what your day looks like in terms of that nutrition aspect at the moment. Yeah, so I think first and foremost, um, depending on you know what you've read, seen, heard, the ketogenic diet now has got a bit of a bad reputation, largely because it's been broadcasted as this weight loss magic. Yeah. When in reality, it's health first and foremost, and at the forefront of any diet should be health. Um, so I think that the diet as a whole has been taken out of context. Um, but anyway, to answer your question, the ketogenic diet is actually quite natural to our physiology. So what I mean by that is when you look at energy, that can come from carbohydrates or fats. So when you're on a, a carbohydrate-based diet, you're using the predominant fuel, which is glucose. However, when you take carbs out of your diet, i.e. a ketogenic diet, you actually use fat for fuel, and that fat fuel being ketones the ketone bodies so essentially the only difference between really a high carb diet and a high fat is you're either burning glucose or you're burning ketones so um first and foremost if anyone is considering the ketogenic diet i'll give you a word of warning that for the first five to seven days you feel like absolute crap largely because most people spend their entire lives eating and living on carbohydrates so that when you make an adjustment to eating only fats your energy's worse you have headaches 
you have moods and um, there's even something called the keto flu which is yeah, crazy um <laughs> so you know that there's an adjustment did, did, period did you experience anything like that when you were making the switch I did, you know, it's it's hard. I, I've just come back from New York and that was very much a week of carbs, <laughs> to say the least. New and York's a great place, isn't it? I'm, I'm a massive fan. It's the most magical place in the world, I think. It's is just... That, is that the first time you'd been? Second. Second, yeah. I'm a big fan. And I went back because I loved it that much yeah. the first time. So um, what, but, what, was, what was some of the kind of big meals and things you're having over there? I'm just going to be slaving listening to this podcast now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my mouth's watering just thinking back. Um, but like, I mean, the cinnabons, so the cinnamon swirls, oh my, like, and there's 780 calories in a cinnamon swirl, but oh my God, I would eat 10 of them. They're that, they're that good. Um, I mean, that, that's my highlight. You know, obviously you've got all the, the American candy yeah. and, you know, the portion sizes are just so much bigger. Um, you know, pancakes for days kind of thing. Um, but coming back, it was hard because obviously you get back into routine, but that also means your body has to get back into using ketones. So I felt awful last week. Energy was all over the place. But once you sort of get past that five to seven day period, you actually feel amazing. Have you ever done keto? I haven't, no. Um, so it, it, it does feel really, really good because essentially think back to caveman days, right? When we didn't have the fortune of constant food. When we weren't fighting and feasting on food, we were using ketones for fuel, right? So it's actually within our physiological DNA to run off ketones because when the food isn't present, we need something to fuel our bodies. So um, it's very sort of, you know, natural in that sense. Um, in terms of a normal day, so I obviously integrate fasting as well. So I would eat, do a minimum of a 16 hour fast every day, but usually an average of about 18 hours. Um, and you know first and foremost fasting changed my life i feel unbelievably good when i fast in fact sometimes really? i actually don't want to break my fast because i feel like have you tried fasting no i haven't and <laughs> um, i mean the thought of sometimes of going out of food is is horrifying for some people but like it's the change in your energy in your mental performance your mental cognition it's it's really hard to describe but you just feel so good. Um, you'll find like your gut health improves because you're not constantly throwing food down your throat. So there's so many benefits to fasting, but usually I'll have my first meal about 12 to 2 p.m. Uh, and that would be usually like a large salad. So I try and just chuck in a load of micronutrients, good fats. So whether there's so I'll usually chuck in a handful of walnuts, olive oil, and then some protein sources, whether that's prawns or boiled eggs or smoked salmon. So you get a good variety of healthy fats and lean proteins in there. And the only carbohydrates are coming from the sort of, you know, the fruits and vegetables within that. You know, following that, you know, would sort of be my second main meal of the day, which again would either be, you know, usually beef or chicken or fish with literally a plate of veg. And I would usually cook my vegetables in butter. So that's where the fat source comes from my dinner or if I'm having beef, you know, there's obviously a high concentration of fat in that meal. So that'd be my predominant meal. Um, but it's, it's very, in its simplest form, if you to look at, think of a plate, half of that plate is your micronutrients, your vegetables, a quarter of that plate, fat, a quarter of that plate, protein. It's what I've been doing for the last two and a half years. My approach is cyclical. So for example, when I am away in places like New York, I'm not going to be strict because I think that's when the lack of enjoyment and the lack of sustainability comes in. Yeah, yeah. If, if I'm out with friends for a meal, I'm not going to be the socially awkward one asking the waiter or waitress to do X, Y, Z. 
don't get me wrong, I'll probably get a steak anyway. But, um, you know, there's that flexibility around it. And, you know, there's also science to suggest that cyclical ketogenic dieting is actually better for a metabolic perspective, but we don't need to go into that. But as a whole, you know, it's, it's changed and saved my life. Um, but weight loss and fat loss is the additional benefit, not the sole benefit. Yeah, 100%. I think, that's, I think that's the major confusion. You know, people hear X diet, Y diet, and think magic pill. You know, this is this is the way to do it. This is it. The, the set, you know, X, Y, or Z, or whatever. But at the end of the day, for me, it's got to come down to your adherence. You know, um, you've got the biggest reason in the world to adhere to that diet, you know, um, and obviously finding the massive health benefits and things like that in that diet. Um, but again, it just comes down to finding what's right for you. And as you said, even yourself, so, uh, you know, building it into lifestyle, go to New York, okay, that's fine. And maybe I'll, I'll have a couple of things off my diet, but you know what? See when I'm back day one, I'm picking it back up. A week later, I'm right back in the swing of things. And that is the attitude you have to take with things, especially coming off the back of holidays or anything like that. You know, obviously, people have been prepped for maybe summer holidays and things. And it's in times like that when you can tend to fall off or whatever. But it's just about getting back to it, you know. 100%. 100%. Consistency wins. Yeah, exactly. And what have been some of the kind of, obviously, I suppose, do you, what's the kind of approach you take with your clients in terms of nutrition and training and things? Um, where do you typically start when it comes to, let's say, training with a client who walks up to you day one, um, maybe got a year experience in the gym, not too much. Where do you start with their training? How do you start kind of giving them some advice on what to do, start walking them through it? What's the kind of initial first steps looking like, Paulie? Cool. So I think simplicity is key. Um, I would be very, you know, a strong advocate of like resistance machines. So whether someone's brand new beginner or experienced gym, gym goer, you know, I think machines are very, very good in terms of, you know, safety, in terms of efficiency. So I would get them usually doing like a whole body weight based workout utilizing resistance machines if they are on the beginner end of the spectrum. And then as their confidence progresses and their technical ability then i'll move them into the dumbbells and the barbers and the free weights what i've found is in the, in what i found in the past is you know when i've put a client on a program you know particularly more females actually on a weight you know free weight program they're just lost and if, it, if that hasn't got the simplicity then they're just going to become overwhelmed not going to go not going to get the results not going to get me happy so i think simplicity always wins in the gym and like I said, it will just include whole body exercises, maybe an exercise for the the, you know, the quads, the bum, the you know the, the chest, the back, the arms. Keep it simple. Cover all areas. They feel like they've had a total body workout, and they leave feeling good. Um, and then with the diet front, you know, it's it very much my philosophy is pleasure equals sustainability. So I will ask a client during the first you know initial phase of of the training is. What approach do you want to take? Because you have to look at people's psychology with this, right? Some people need the, the hard, right, I need a meal plan, boom, boom, boom. I need a 12-week diet plan to get me in the best shape. Some people's mindsets and personalities need that, whereas others need a slower approach. Um, so I always find that out first, but depending on which type they are, they'll either get a meal plan, quite aggressive, faster results, but a little bit harder to sustain, or they'll get the slow and steady approach where there's more flexibility about what they can eat, there's more socializing involved, but at the expense of a slower rate of weight loss. So, yeah. you know, 
as you know, it's, it's what fits for the client, but it's also fitting it best for the client based off what they're going to enjoy, what they're going to sustain and where their mindset is at. Yeah, 100%. Like, there's no... Everyone always wants to know what the best this or the best that is. It just doesn't exist. In any case, it comes down to what you can sustain and enjoy. And it's the same same thing with regards... But, you know, with what we talked about in the adherence to your diet. If you're not enjoying your training plan, or if you're not enjoying your diet, you're on the wrong training plan and you're on the wrong diet. It's as simple as that. Maybe if, if you aren't enjoying the training, maybe this isn't for you, and that's fine. There's other ways to keep yourself fit, like the weightlifting side I'm talking about. But if you're struggling through a plan, dragging yourself to the gym, dreading every session, something's wrong, you know? Or if it's the diet and you're sitting down to eat, why, why am I eating this meal again? You know, this is torture. You know, I'm putting myself through hell here. It's just not the case. I mean, there comes a certain point where... Maybe if you're looking to do a photo shoot or get in the best shape of your life, you're going to have to put up with some hunger. You're going to have to put up with some, maybe some, maybe some less, you know, some difficult choices. But if you're an average nine to fiver like me, like anyone else, you know, who's listening in, like, this does not need to be hard. Like, it should be enjoyable and creating a way that you can do it sustainably and get results, feel good, feel healthy, feel energetic should be what you're aiming for, you know, and I'm assuming that's kind of the majority of the populace you're working with as well, just the general, you know, the general person trying to get, trying to get in a bit better shape. Yeah, 100%, you know, general population, 100%, um, you know, and they like it simple, you know, um, malt in particular, you know, is very, very good at reeling in, you know, this, this exciting new transformation program, but actually, I think what most people want is if they just want a sustainable approach, something yeah. which fits in with their lifestyle. And if you work with a lot of you know busy professionals, then they they're going to be at business meetings, they're going to be at conferences, you know, where there's lunches, and they don't want to be in that social position where they can't eat a sandwich because it's off the plan and that sort of thing. So people just want something which is easy, uh, and I think the easier it is, the more likely it's going to become a habit. And then if it becomes a habit, then then it's then they're sold. You know, it's they're sort of life. Um, it's creating those habits. Well, essentially, like I've been training for like six years. You know, that's a habit which started with me going to the gym once. Like, if I didn't go to the gym that like, once and then kept going every week, even when I was rubbish, like I would have lasted six years, and I've still lasted. And I and I can't live without the gym. So it's just get, you get past that point where there's like no point of you know no going backwards sort of thing. It's like it's like uh, the, I like the rocket taking off analogy, like. It takes ninety percent. It uses ninety percent of the fuel in the first ten minutes or something like that. Right, right? and then it's coasting. And it, and, and the, the getting into the gym, the establishing a healthy lifestyle, a healthy routine with your with your diet, your, your training, very much like that for me. You know, getting off the ground's hard. It's a struggle. You don't know what to do. You're giving it absolutely everything. Maybe you're not even seeing good results either. But once you get to that stage where you've got it figured out a bit, you know what you you know you enjoy training wise. You, you can you can stick to a reasonably healthy diet that, that's sustainable. You're cruising and you're just making progress. You're enjoying it. You're getting better, and that for me is why I, I now love it. Like just an absolute passion. I mean, now just to see the improvements to continue to push the training, push the diet side, set new goals for the, like the likes of photo shoots and things. So uh, we all start. You know, walking into the gym for the first time, not a fucking clue what to do. 
no one, no one starts in any different a position, you know. Um, just taking that dive, I think it has to be the biggest and most important step. Doing it consistently to start with, and then getting into that routine is, as you said, absolutely key. The habit side of it. So, out of interest, I've got a question for you. So, this is your first photo shoot. What's been the biggest thing that you've learned from the photo shoot, and what's going to happen after the photo shoot? Because I'll be honest to say that I rebounded a little bit after my photo shoot um, because mine was so unsustainable that I rebounded. But um, what? So, what's the biggest thing that you've learned from your photo shoot, and what's your plans after the photo shoot? I'm stronger minded than I thought. Like. I, I, and I do not say this to be big-headed. I've not flinched since I started the diet. Like, in terms of, I mean, there's not been any meltdowns, there's not been any, um, like, you know, blow, blowouts or anything like that. I've had my fair share of meals and stuff, like meals out and things, but it's all been managed, it's all been controlled. And I think it's down to, previously when I've got lean and things, like that, I've been that I've been reasonably close to being this lean. I'm probably leaner than I've ever been now, just, just, but only maybe in the last couple of days that's happened. But the difference between it, I've done it in like 10 weeks, nine weeks or something. The difference between that previous attempts and the photo shoot is there is a date, there is a camera, there is people there. I am putting it out there that I am doing it. There is no holding back. And I think once you commit to something like that, your mindset just completely changes. Don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to this diving over and to be able to rattle six Krispy Kreme donuts. I am, trust me, I am waiting on them. My girlfriend just brought back a load of peanut butter M&Ms from America for me. And I told her to keep a hold of them. So, like, just taking steps like that. Um, But the biggest thing is just that mindset, like... I will make this happen, you know, and kind of still being able to maintain the business, still being able to maintain my work life and stuff, relationships, and juggle all that while low in calories, not low, not too high in energy and things. I can do anything after this, you know, and it's just going to give me that even a stronger mindset than I had before. Where's that mindset come from? Bullying, rejection, things like that. Um, and years before, um, that's probably where it all stemmed from um, but over the last maybe two years I started diving into a lot of self-improvement personal development, listening to Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk all these guys And when you start surrounding yourself with things like that and consuming that sort of content it's hard not to hear it like if you surround yourself with that it's all you're listening to, it's all you're watching it's all you're reading you know, life changes so quickly the gym was obviously the first step in that for me, but a couple of years ago, I started to get into more of the mindset aspect and things and reading books, listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts, even guys like Joe Rogan and things like that. Some of their motivational speeches are fucking incredible. Like, and it's it, motivation's fine for five minutes, but if you actually take that in and listen to what they're saying, like, you're only getting one shot at this game. End of story. Like, that's it. Make the most of it. And I, you, you talked about the concept of time. I have never been more aware of that in my life now. Like, every day, what am I doing today? It's moving me forward. And that has just been developed over the last couple of years for me. 100%. You know, like, my whole my whole philosophy is, like, the present. Why is it called the present? Because today is a gift. Yeah, of course. It's a gift of time. Like, and every single day, we have that blessing 
Every day that we wake up, we have the blessing that we can make use of the time today. And to, like you said, to move forward into tomorrow, right? Okay. Like, like, but people are living in the past. Yeah. They're living over the mistake they made last bloody Monday. I know. Right? I know. <laughs> like, focus on today. Equally, yeah. they're worrying about what's happening next Monday. Yeah. Right? Yet, most of the worries that we have about the future never even happen. Exactly. Exactly. So okay. true, mate. So true. You just got you. you yeah. it's, it's 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 something that has to be developed. Like it, it's not just like a switch, you know. It, like you have to you have to first want to go there and then start, you know, consciously making an effort. Surrounding yourself with the right people. We're both in a group of amazing fitness entrepreneurs and things like that. And just being surrounded by positive people like this really does help. So if you're surrounded by negative people who are dragging you down and things like that. It's never going to help. You need to get yourself out of that environment, you know. So reach out to people who are positive. They're doing what you want to do. Listen to resources. People who are doing where you would like to be 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years time, you know what I mean? And then, you know, just learn, consume, and that's how I've developed a mindset over the last few years. Nice. But I think, that's, I think that's a great way to end the podcast. <laughs> that's my good 45 minutes, I think, anyway. So um, we'll leave it at that, Ollie. But I do... I do. I know, mate. They, they absolutely go, don't they? 45 minutes has been... 40 odd minutes has been... Um, I do like to finish these with a top five. Um, so I will, we're going to have to go into the mindset aspect here. So top five tips for anyone who's struggling with a negative mindset, who's maybe, you know... And a kind of stuck in a rut kind of thing. How do they flip that switch? Using your story as inspiration, like anyone who's listened, just listen to that. Use your fucking no excuse, none, like nothing. Okay. How do you, how do they flip that switch from negative mindset to completely positive? So the biggest thing, single handedly, is gratitude. Yeah. Do you do Bring a gratitude it. journal? Say again. Do, you do a gratitude journal. Like your viewers aren't to see this, but there's my journal there. Keep it next to, like, and I write in it every morning. And usually, how I start is is what I'm grateful for. And because here's the thing, right? You can't be pissed off and grateful at the same time. You can't be depressed and grateful at the same time. You can't be sad and grateful at the same time. What does that mean? Gratitude is the equalizer to those low any low energy negative emotions, right? So when you're down, find gratitude, right? Even with my health condition, I am grateful because I'm alive today, right? Like I'm, I'm grateful for this podcast right now. Why? Because I'm surrounding myself with a like-minded individual who I know is going to help contribute to create my future tomorrow, right? That's the reality. So first and foremost, if you are in the downest, darkest place in your life right now, I want you to find something you're grateful for. Right? It might just be grateful that, for that you're breathing. It might just be grateful for like, that it's actually sunny today. Like, find gratitude in something. And it's hard. Like, gratitude is a skill to be acquired and learned. But the practice makes perfect. So I think gratitude is the biggest thing. Possibly the second after that is going on a self-development journey. You go through school, you learn math, you learn English, you learn science. You're not learning self-development. And this is why after school, after college, after university, we're all in a fucked up place because we don't learn what to do to progress, right? And what, why are you? Why do you have the mindset that you have? Or go back to the pain that you had, the bullying, right? You've now been on a journey of self-development to get to where you are today thanks to your mindset because of the self-development you've been on. Reading, podcasts, networks, these are what create a positive mindset. 
So, you know, for example, if there's an alcoholic listening, go to an AA meeting, because that's a network of people who are going to get you through this battle right now, right? If you're depressed, you speak to a counselor or a you know, professional in that field, because that's going to become your network of people. And then you start reading self-help books and you actually learn what, you know, the purpose of the book is you learn, you go, oh, there's actually an alternative solution here. There's something I can actually improve on and learn. Like, that's why I love reading. Is with every book I read, I'm like, wow, I've learned something new. I've added to my knowledge and I can now help more people because of it. So I think like gratitude first and foremost, and then going on that self-development journey. And then thirdly is, you know, your thing's bullying, my thing's health, right? By, use your, like use that pain as your purpose. Pain is your purpose. So the pain that you're going, so if you've been rejected by every guy or girl there is, that's your pain. If you've been bullied at school, that's your pain. If you haven't got the confidence to wear a sleeveless dress, going out on the town with the girls, that is your pain. And you have to use, you have to use that pain or it will use you and hold you back in life. Because pain will imprison you in your life and trap you. And then it's hard to get out. So like I will say, those would be my top three things. Amazing, mate. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. I'm getting fired up. I'm getting fired up. <laughs> Honestly, all that was brilliant, mate. Um, absolutely superb end of the podcast. Thank you very much, Ollie, for, for coming on. That was a genuine pleasure to talk to you there. Um, excited to get to know you more and, and, and as we kind of progress over the year, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get a chance to meet up very soon also. Um, but for any... <laughs> I'm lost for words, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I will say to sign off, remember, review, screenshot, all that, carry on. Free meal plan below, but I don't think there's much I can say after that, but that was absolutely amazing. Um, well, yeah, quick photo, Ollie. Yes. Had to get it quickly. Right, mate, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Ollie, absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Ollie, we want to show your Instagram, things like that, where anyone can find you. I will also link it below as well. Yes, perfect. It is just at Ollie Jow, but the spelling and the, the pronunciation is hard enough, so I'll just let Andrew no put it in the show notes. Right, you'll find Ollie's uh, Instagram and things in the show notes below for anyone who's listening, or in YouTube, it will be linked in the description also. Um, Ollie, absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. We'll see you all next time. You've been listening to Fitness for 9 to Fivers with Andrew Marsham. You're a grown-ass human being. You have a job. Maybe two, kids, errands, bills, a wife, friends. And while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waist. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.